Podcast Answer Man, episode number 417. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting, and that is, of course, the Podcast Answer Man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, one of the things that I'm always looking to take to the next level in my own podcasting pursuits or just my own business pursuits is to build a deeper relationship with my existing audience. It's a message you hear me talk about over and over again. And today I'm going to talk about two different services that you can use to take your engagement with your audience to a whole new level. We're going to talk about my first experience and my first impressions of a service called Blab.im. Have you heard about Blab yet? Today I'm also going to talk about how I'm going to be using Periscope to start streaming live the recording of a podcast that I do on a weekly basis. Not Podcast Answer Man, but another show. I'll talk a little bit about that. And I'm also gonna share how I'm going to bring audio from my mixer so that the folks that are watching on Periscope will be able to hear everything as I'm speaking to my high microphones and they'll be able to hear any of those audio clips that I might play into the live stream. So I'm gonna tell you how I'm going to be doing that. I'm also gonna try to fit in my thoughts on the most compelling feature of the Overcast podcast app that is available on iOS and how you might be able to use that compelling feature to help promote your show through social media. Also, I will give you an update today about the iJingle Pro tutorial that I promised last week. I have great news about that. Also, I have a few other things that I'll mention as well. But the first thing I wanna do is just go ahead and start talking to you about Blab. I wanna blab about Blab if you don't mind. Blab.im if you've not heard about it. I'm sure many of you have heard about Periscope. I won't go there yet. But Blab is an app that you can get on your iPhone and it does allow you to stream live to an internet audience. Anybody who has a mobile device who sees a link in your Twitter feed that you have a Blab going, you are able to have them click on that link. And if they were to click on that link on their mobile device, they will instantly be taken to the live stream of your Blab as it is happening. And not only that, but the folks who are maybe seeing your tweet update on Twitter, or maybe you've copied the link to your Blab over to your Facebook profile, which is a little tip for those of you who haven't thought about that, that works with both your Periscopes and your Blabs. If you start one of those live streams, both of those services will automatically send a tweet out under your own Twitter ID. You just go over to your Twitter account and look at your most recent tweet, copy that link, and then you can post it into your Facebook profile, and that's how you can also get folks in your Facebook feed to tune in as well. The thing that works well with both Periscope and with Blab is whether you're on a mobile device or on a desktop computer, folks can click the links for both Periscope and Blab 
and watch your live stream. Now, again, many of you have played around with Periscope, but what's unique about Blab and what I love about it, it takes the audience engagement to a whole new level. It takes interaction to a whole new level. So with Periscope, you have the ability to broadcast out your message to the world. You have the ability to broadcast and share what you're seeing with people. In some ways, it's leaning towards a one-way communication like we'd have with our audio podcasts, right? We're getting behind a microphone and we're putting it out into the world. With Periscope, people can, as they're watching live, type in little chat messages into the little chat bubbles that pop up and pull up. And they can also do that on blab.im. But the difference with Blab is that not only can you share what your camera sees, you can invite up to three other people into the live stream with you. So in essence, the folks who are watching, they can actually see what I'm showing with my phone. And if I have my friend Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner on, all of a sudden he's looking at the camera on his phone and it's putting him right next to me. Last night, Darren Rouse from ProBlogger joined me for my first blab, and he was in here from Australia, and I saw him. And not only that, but Tyler Anderson also from Casual Fridays, he came in and joined us. And and not, I mean, I, I shouldn't have mentioned any names because I'm going to leave out all the other people. I mean, had tons of people join me for my first live blab last night. And what happens is it puts us all four in this like Brady Bunch television opening configuration and we can all independently be communicating with one another. It's kind of like a group video Skype chat, but it's done via Blab. And just imagine Skype multiple video chat done well, great audio quality, great video quality, and then taking that video stream and sharing it with anybody in the world who wants to watch it live and giving everyone the ability to be in a chat room all built into the app. And not only that, but folks who are in your chat room, anytime one of the people drop out of the four video channels that you have open up, anybody else can request to join. If it is your blab, you can choose to reject or accept people who want to step into one of those little video blocks with you. And not only that, but it's not just limited to mobile users who can join you. So for example, if I wanted to, I could launch the blab on my phone, which I did last night, and several people were actually clicking the link from Facebook on their desktop, and it brought them to a web browser. They weren't just able to watch us. Now, on Periscope, when I'm broadcasting from my phone and somebody watches from the web, they're not able to engage in the chat because they have to have the mobile app for Periscope to be able to engage in the chat room. Whereas the difference here with Blab, people can click on it, be watching it on the desktop, and they also have access to the chat room in that browser version of the software. And not only that, but they can also request and be a participant in the Blab from their desktop. And all they do is they get a little message that says, can Blab use your camera? Can Blab use your microphone? And if you say yes, they can pop in as well. And so you could actually instigate Blabs from your desktop or your mobile. Anybody on mobile or desktop can join in. It's incredibly awesome. In fact, uh, there are a couple other really awesome things. Tyler Anderson was telling me that he's been using this for his podcasts as far as his interviews. He'll bring them on via Blab instead of Skype because not only 
does it do great audio quality and great video quality, but it also, and this is what Michael Stelzner told me, is that after you stop the recording, which by the way, just so you know this, you actually have to go in and manually turn the recording on. It doesn't automatically start recording when you start your blab. You have to find the little setting and hit the record button. But after you're finished with your blab, you tell it to stop recording, and when your blab has ended, the blab servers will send you an email and let you know that they have now processed the video recording and the audio recording of your blab. And so I did that last night and I'm looking right here, I have a .mp4 video file of my entire blab from beginning to end and I also have just the MP3 only version of that blab. So technically, you could get on there and do an interview with somebody via Blab. It can't be private right now. There's some debate on whether or not they may do that, but it seems to me like Michael Stilsner has been in touch with their CTO and they don't plan on doing anything private. Even still, you could do your interview via Blab and not accept anybody else except for you and your interviewee in the window. So you could still do just you and one other person doing an interview and then use that recording for your interview if you wanted to do that. <sighs> so some very cool things are happening in, in this space and what I found is that the social media integration of Twitter and just like Periscope has really taken off because of the social media integration of Twitter, Blab is really taking off and I just love randomly allowing people from my community who follow me on Twitter and if I take it and, and post the link over on Facebook as well, People can actually, just random people from my community, I can get to talk to them about different topics. I can set the tone of the conversation. I can set the, the topic of the conversation to whatever I want it to be and, and invite people into that conversation. And it can be, you can do what Tyler Anderson is doing is using it for the creation of content for your podcast or you can just use it as interaction with you the the leader of the community that you've built online. And I think that's very cool. The other very nice thing about Blab that I do love is that you can go in and schedule Blabs for the future. And when you do that, it automatically will provide a link to your Blab. And so let's just say I wanted to create a Blab for next Saturday at 2 p.m. I'm gonna invite this really valuable guest I can actually go ahead and schedule that blab with this very popular guest and I can promote it to everybody in my community and say, hey, me and this person are going to be on blab next Saturday at this time. Come and be there. And I can promote that to my mailing list and I can share that blab link. And when people click on that link before that date and time, it gives a countdown of how many days, how many hours, how many minutes until that thing starts. So it just reminds people, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bookmark this. I'm going to come back at this day and time. I, incredibly awesome stuff. If you haven't played around with Blab.im, I encourage you to do so. It's a lot of fun. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about is Periscope. Now, many of you have probably been on Periscope and you see the various different ways people are using it. I'm seeing people out there using it as a marketing platform for their online courses and their products and services. I'm seeing it folks out there who are using it for email list generation, doing the typical internet marketing style of things where they're giving a lot of valuable free content out in little bites and pieces and then they're using all of that exposure that they're getting to this brand new audience of people who have checked in because they saw it on 
Periscope or saw it on Twitter and so many people had shared it, you know, they're saying at the end of it, hey, if you'd like more of this, sign up for my mailing list. I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm even seeing people who are just randomly just turning it on for nothing more than just deeper engagement with their community. And I think that that's very awesome. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that with Periscope, it's, you know, it is just live streaming. There's no bringing the people in and hearing their voice or seeing their video. It is very much still you streaming out to them and just maybe occasionally being able to keep up with some of the chat that's happening as you're able to see it rolling in, right? Well, I got to thinking, you know, many for many years I was doing live streaming here from the studio. And being able to stream from your mobile device is not a new technology. This has been around for years. We had it with the Ustream app. We had it with a Quick app. And there have been several other apps over the years that have done this. Nothing has ever been as easy as Meerkat, as Periscope, and now Blab, and and some of the other platforms I'm sure will pop up over the the next year even. I think it's going to be an exciting space. But right now, I think that Blab.im and Periscope are both very huge powerhouses that I believe every podcaster should be paying attention to, to really engage with their audience and, and your community in a completely new and exciting way. But I specifically want to talk about streaming video. Now, in the old days, I would, on my days that I'm recording, my scheduled time for recording a podcast, I would let people know I will be broadcasting the recording of our show live. And if you want, you can come watch video and hear the audio. And there's also going to be a chat room and you can participate as you're watching the behind the scenes live recording of our podcasts. And so I did that for many years and earlier this year, actually January of this year, I made the decision to stop doing that on a weekly basis and won't go into all the details and rehash that right here because it's not important. But just recently, my wife and I decided to go back to a weekly schedule for our show called Family from the Heart. You can find that at familyfromtheheart.com. Now that the kids are back in school, we're going back to a weekly schedule. We've scheduled it for the same day that we used to do it, which was every Thursday. And we decided to move it from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. to better suit our schedule. And so Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Stephanie and I will be in the studio recording Family from the Heart every single week. And we made the decision that not only would we do that, but we would also go back to broadcasting it live. Initially, I'm thinking, do we go back to Ustream? I mean, I've already got this $1,500 video camera. I've got a $400 video HDMI capture card that I bought for my MacBook Pro. I mean, I have super HD quality. I mean, I could be pushing out 1080p if I want to. And I have a live page that I already created on my site, which has the embedded Ustream video player. And I already have a chat room that I paid for premium features so that I could have so many people in the chat room and and have some control over that chat. So do I go back to that or do I go to Periscope? And I made the decision that even though I have everything for the more complicated setup and even the higher quality video setup, I've made the decision I'm going to start streaming Family from the Heart using Periscope. And there are two reasons why. Number one, Periscope is super easy for everyone to participate in, even if they're on a mobile device. Now, with the Ustream stream that I was doing, sure, people could go on their web browser and they could go to what used to be, let's just say, gspn.tv live. And it's still there, by the way, but I'm not going to be broadcasting from there 
anytime soon. But it, people could go there, and if they're on a mobile device and they click play on the video, that video would take up the entire screen, and they could not participate in the chat room. But with Periscope, they are able to actually type in little chat messages as the show is going on. Not only that, but with Periscope, I'm getting the exposure of Periscope broadcasting to the entire world that I'm broadcasting something live. There is a whole geographic region map that shows you know geographically where people are broadcasting live from. I know that I've discovered new content as a result of just randomly searching throughout the globe, which is kind of cool. There's all of these different reasons why I want to do it. But anyway, oh, and making social media sharing is so much more integrated with the app. And people can just swipe from the left to the right and click share, and that automatically shares it out with their stream. People are more than willing to do that if you ask them most of the time, as long as what you're doing is valuable and of interest to their community on Twitter and social media. But anyway, I love all of that stuff, and it's just super easy. It's just your smartphone, right? So last Thursday, I did this here in the studio. I have a, happened to have a tripod. I, had a, I actually have two tripods. So I moved the tripod with the $1,500 camera off to the side, and I bring up another tripod. And for my iPhone, I already have this thing called an X-Grip made by Ram Mount. You can just do a search for RAM mount, R-A-M-M-O-U-N-T, and then add to the search the word X-Grip. And if you do a search for RAM mount X-Grip, you'll find one for the iPhone, and it would probably work for most Android phones as well. Anyway, I, I got that, and the little attachment, I got the ball that goes from the tripod screw. So now I'm able to mount the X-Grip iPhone holder onto a tripod and and last Thursday what I did was just turned on Periscope and pointed the camera to Stephanie and I and it worked great. Now, I will say this, that Periscope is still right now very much in this mindset of being vertical, right? Up and down. And it's hard for Stephanie and I both to be seen in that. And a bunch of people said, Cliff, why don't just go ahead and turn it to the landscape mode? The cool thing is, is if you do turn it to landscape mode in Periscope, it will change it to landscape mode for anybody who's viewing on the desktop. And those who are viewing on mobile can turn their phone sideways and see it just the way that you intend. The only thing that's different is that those people who are watching it in landscape mode on their mobile phone in the app, those are the ones who are able to do a chat message, right? Well, if they want to do a chat message, they have to turn the phone over and type the normal way in vertical mode and then switch it back over if they want to see you the right way. It's a little inconvenient, but here's the good news. Periscope apparently knows that a lot of people want the landscape mode and they're supposedly working on creating that and building it into the interface. It's already there for viewing on the desktop automatically by default. So feel free if you're going to do a live stream of the recording of your podcast and broadcasting it live for that purpose, feel free to go ahead and put it in landscape mode. And I found that people are very understanding of that. Very few people say, hey, you got the camera the wrong way. A couple newbies do say that. But the reality is, is most people very much understand the fact that what you want to do is give them a wider angle view. The thing is, though, is last week when I did this on Thursday, I was only using the internal microphone on the iPhone itself, and people seem to be okay with that. But me, of course, I want to take things to the next level. I want to have the same kind of 
quality feel and sound and look of, of what I was doing with Ustream, but I just want to bring it to my iPhone. And so I got to thinking, okay, what I want to do is I want to start bringing audio from my mixer into my iPhone. So that's what the folks on Periscope will hear. Well, it wasn't until after I found uh, thought about two other solutions that my friend in our community here, Andrew McGivern, uh, reminded me that back in episode 176 of Podcast Answer Man, I certainly had an answer of how to bring in audio from my mixer into my iPhone. And this was years ago. It was 2010. In fact, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash iPhone and you can see even a diagram that I drew on how to bring audio into your iPhone from your mixer. Believe it or not, I forgot all about that. And that and that solution, we're talking maybe less than 10 bucks, all right? So go over to podcastanswerman.com slash iPhone if you wanna learn about that one. The next thing I thought is, I saw some friends of mine who happened to have this device called the ART Dual Pre. By the way, you just go to gspn.tv slash ART, like art, and you'll see the device that I'm talking about. Anyway, this is nothing more than just a little USB audio interface device for your computer. Well, if you have the official Apple Lightning Camera Connection Kit, this little dongle has a lightning plug on one end, just like the little charging cable that you have that plugs into your iPhone, lightning cable on one end, and the other end is simply a female USB plug and you can plug in your ART Dual Pre into the USB that then just plugs into your iPhone or your iPad, by the way. And the Dual Pre made by ART has two XLR inputs or it could be two one quarter inch inputs. So that would actually work to bring audio from my mixer if I choose to bring it either out, you know, split it out of the headphones jack or bring in from the tape out or whatever the case may be. That's certainly an option as well. I think the dual pre is like $79. The little dongle for the lightning adapter camera connection kit from Apple is like $30 if I'm not mistaken. But then I, you know, I, again, reminding you that I had forgotten about my 2010 post and the fact that I even have all the cabling to do that. And the fact that I went ahead and ordered the camera connection kit from Apple, but it was going to take about five days to get here. Then I decided, well, I wonder if I got this iRig. If you go over to gspn.tv slash iRig2, I went ahead and bought the $40 iRig2 made by IK Multimedia. And this little device is meant to go into the headphones jack of your iPhone. It's got the four pin plug. It's actually a 1 8 inch TRRS plug. You simply plug this into the headphones jack on your iPhone or your iPad. And it's got a 1 quarter inch plug that you can plug into. It happens to be a 1 quarter inch mono port that is built into the iRig. But I just went ahead and bought an adapter that takes the 1 8 inch stereo mini plug that I'd been plugging into my $1,500 video camera. And instead of plugging that 1 8 inch plug into my video camera, I now wanted to take that 1 8 inch plug, which is bringing audio out of my mixer, I want to now plug it into the iRig 2. So I went ahead and purchased a little adapter that takes the 1 8 inch stereo mini plug and turns it into a 1 quarter inch mono plug. And that exact adapter can be found at gspn.tv slash iRig adapter. Anyway, so 
the fact is, is there are multiple ways that you can bring in audio from your mixing board so that the folks who are watching the live recording of your podcast via the stream on Periscope, they can actually hear you talking into your studio microphones and they can even hear those audio clips that you might be playing into your mixer as well. So I wanted to share all that with you. If you head over to podcastanswerman.com slash Periscope Audio, it is a blog post where I actually show the iRig 2 in action. And even in the comment section on that blog post, you'll see other people in our community who are talking about solutions that they found to make it work. So there are many different ways that you can bring audio from your mixer into Periscope. You can put your iPhone or your iPad up on a tripod and then use that as your live streaming video out to the world to share the the behind the scenes action of you recording your show. Now, for those of you who are thinking about doing this, first, let me warn you, if you are brand new to podcasting, and I'd say within the first three to four months of podcasting, I highly encourage you to avoid doing any live streaming. What you need to focus on when you're first starting your show is thinking about the people who are listening to your show later. Because no matter what, the fact is is that 98 or 99% of the people who will ever listen to your show are going to be listening later. And one of the biggest problems that I've seen with people who start right out of the gate and they create a show and they're broadcasting it live, even from their first episode, is the fact that they start focusing so much of the content and they steer it around the interaction and the engagement that they're getting from the folks who are there live participating and interacting with the show as it's being recorded. The place where I've seen this the most is on Blog Talk Radio. And it's the only place where I've seen where all of a sudden people tell me, Cliff, I've looked at my download numbers and I'm sorry, but a majority of the people who listen to my show are listening to it live. I know that you say that 98% of your audience will listen to it after the fact, but no, my numbers on my show on Blog Talk Radio show that probably 80% of the people who consume my show on a weekly basis are live listeners. And by the way, the number of their live listeners It's a big show if they have 300, maybe 1,000 people show up. I mean, 1,000 is a massive live show. And 500 is still pretty big. And if you have 300, that's a a great turnout for a live show. And on average, you're probably looking at 20 to 75 people. And by the way, I know it's not all about the numbers. And there's value in, in engaging with that loyal audience, that small niche focus audience and stuff like that. But the reason why those shows that are so focused on taking the live calls and and interacting with those who are and reading everything in the chat room and all that stuff, the fact is that the people who might listen to the recording of that call later almost feel like second class citizens within their community because they weren't they didn't have the ability, they didn't have the option or or it was didn't fit into their schedule to be able to have this privilege of participating live and being a part of the direction of that episode, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, they feel less connected to you as the host because, well, your show is very much an in interaction with a live audience. It's not as interesting to them. So, my recommendation is that when you are doing these live streams, and this is something that I've done even back in the earliest days of doing 
podcast. I back in the gosh, back in the whole lost podcast days when we did live shows, I used to interrupt our show all the time to take a live call when people requested to join us on the telephone or via Skype. We used to read the chat room and all that stuff, and I realized that it was starting to distract me and it was taking me off of some of the valuable points that I wanted to make in the episode, and it never occurred to me until I started broadcasting the recording of Podcast Answer Man live that I really started to have some issues because I was recording Podcast Answer Man, and every now and then I'll do a big opinion piece, right? I'll share my thoughts on something that might be controversial, and it might be thinking about things in a completely different way and sometimes people who disagreed with me might be in that chat room listening live and I'll never forget the number of times when I was recording Podcast Answer Man, I had the chat room up, I would start on an entire segment that I thought was very important, very near and dear to my heart that I wanted to just get this thought out there and share this valuable point that I hope to finally make and put out there so people can consider it for themselves and make their own decision. But I remember talking about a couple of those different segments in a live show and seeing people vehemently disagree with me and sometimes not even just disagree with me, but saying attacking things it's like, I can't believe this and you're totally off base and blah, blah, blah. And, and just how distracting that was, it was actually keeping me from creating the content the way that I wanted to create it in the mindset that I wanted to create it. And so eventually I learned to do this. And this is what I would recommend for anybody who's thinking about live streaming their show on Periscope or any of these other kind of services. And that would be that I would encourage you to go ahead and decide when you're going to record your show. I would recommend that you create a set time on a weekly basis if you're going to do it. So say, for example, Family from the Heart, we're going to go live at 11 a.m. every Thursday. And at 11 a.m., I'll turn on Periscope. And for the first five minutes, I will do the normal thing that you do on Periscope. Welcome everybody, give some shout outs to people who show up early, talk to and engage with via the people who are chatting, ask them where they're calling in from, give shout outs to you know so-and-so from Israel and then from France and Germany and Austria and all that stuff and you know mention them by name, ask them questions, engage with them and then after about five minutes of doing all of that, then I will transition away from reading and engaging all the chat and I will begin to explain and go into broadcast mode. And so what I would say is now at this point in the Periscope, what I want to let you know is I've invited you here to be a behind the scenes viewer of what's going on in the studio as we record a podcast. And also I want you to know that this podcast is meant for and created for those who are going to be listening to it later. And so we're going to be communicating to those folks and not necessarily to you here viewing live on Periscope. During the recording of the show, we may be monitoring the chat, but if it gets too distracting for us, we may start ignoring the chat altogether. But after we're finished recording the show and we've turned the recorder off, then we're going to come back and we're going to interact with you again. We're going to start engaging with each and every one of you who are posting in the Periscope chat. And in fact, if you have any questions related to what we just talked about in the episode, we'll take questions from you. We'll we'll hang out a little bit after the show. And that's how I always handled Podcast Answer Man when I was streaming it live. And But let me give you one other word of warning. When you add live streaming to the production of your podcast, you are adding a whole new technical level of complexity. 
especially if you're trying to bring in audio from your mixer and then you you might be 20 minutes into your show and all of a sudden you get all these people say, we can't hear you, what happened to the stream and stuff like that and, and that might distract you from what you're doing and just know that it's an investment of a lot of extra effort and energy to pull off a live stream and it may not be in the best interest and it could distract you from what you're doing with your show. But if you feel like, you know what, recording a podcast episode is like riding a bike. I just go down there and I do it. It's no big deal. If that's you, then adding a live stream might be something you might want to consider. My tip is to make sure that whatever you do, don't let your audience who's listening later feel like they're less connected to you, the host, than those who were there live. Make sure that you make them feel equal in your community to those in, in the live audience because the reality is is if your show is extremely valuable and your show is not so focused and driven by the live audience, you have, let's just say, 100, 200, or even 300 people joining you live. That means you probably have a show with 6,000, 10,000, or even 20,000 people who are downloading it. And you wanna make sure that that content is as valuable and as engaging and as close of a relationship with you, the host, as those who are there live. All right, that's my advice. So the next thing I wanna talk about is the Overcast app. This is a podcast app for iOS and its main functionality was originally that it would have the ability to automatically remove pauses or silence from a podcast so that it basically makes it to where the entire podcast from beginning to end takes out any silence so that it helps save time listening to a podcast. And also it has the premium feature of maybe even adding a little compression and making you know, podcasts sound a little bit better because some people's podcasts are really soft, some are loud, and this one might help even some of that out. Those were the original features of this. And obviously, the guy who created it, he's a very popular developer and had success with other things. So a lot of people were moving over to Overcast and they seemed to like it. I checked it out. I purchased it as soon as it was available and decided that I still wanted to stick with the Apple Podcasts app myself. Now, the interesting thing is that there is a new feature that I did not know about that is very compelling with the Overcast app. And in fact, it is the ability to share a link to a podcast with a timestamp. So, for example, I have a podcast Answer Man episode recently where I was talking about iJingle. So what I did is I went ahead and opened up my podcast in the Overcast app. And I went to episode number 416 and I was listening to it and I went right to the place where I started talking about the iJingle app. And that happened to be at three minutes and 17 seconds into the episode and I paused it right there. And then in iOS, they have this little button that has the share icon and I chose to share it. And then the Overcast app creates a short URL that will basically take people to that exact second of my podcast for anyone who clicks the link. And the cool thing is they do not need to have the Overcast app to be taken there. In fact, if you want to try it out, pause right now after I tell you this link, podcastanswerman.com slash iJingleLink. All right, that's iJingleLink, one word podcastanswerman.com slash iJingleLink. I'm going to go ahead and click it right now, and this is what happens as soon as I do. 
For the last couple of weeks, I've been promising you guys that I would tell you about this new application I'm using on my iPad for queuing up audio jingles and sound clips and all of those different things. So there you go. It, it took me exactly, as soon as I clicked that link, it took me exactly to three minutes and 17 seconds into the episode. And the best part is, is that no matter where people click on that link from, it is taking you to a web-based player or web-based copy from Overcast of your podcast, instantly starting it right at the timestamp that you decided to share. This, my friends, is a very compelling feature of Overcast. Not enough for me to switch over to Overcast from my podcasts app. However, if I do find a podcast episode that I happen to be listening to, and I think that it would be awesome to share this one part of the conversation with my community of people on Twitter and Facebook or whatever the case may be, And I want to be able to just like when people click the link that I'm going to share to share the podcast, I'm not going to say, hey, go check out Ray Edwards show episode such and such and make sure that you scroll all the way to 11 minutes and 13 seconds into the episode. That's a lot. But if I wanted to, I could go and pull up Ray's episode in Overcast, go right to the place where I know where I want to share it, click the share button and take that link and I can tweet it put it in Facebook, I can send out an email to my mailing list and say, you guys got to listen to this, just click this link, it'll take you right to where Ray starts talking about XYZ. This is an amazing feature built into Overcast and certainly one that makes it worth me owning now. I don't think that I'll be switching over to Overcast anytime soon as my primary podcast player. If I'm not mistaken, it may even only be an audio-only podcast app. I can't find any way to play a video podcast in there. But then again, it's not my primary app, and so I haven't really spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys about the Overcast app and its ability to share a link to a podcast with a timestamp built in so that you can actually t- like link people directly into this very second of a podcast episode. It's incredible. Awesome. Go check it out. Okay, so the next thing I want to share with you is an update on the iJingle Pro tutorial that I mentioned last week. You know, last week I was talking about this new app that I'm using on my iPhone that I use for every show to play all of my audio intros, audio clips, everything so that I can play them here for you in the podcast and it's all off my iPad. And I had mentioned that I think that the iJingle app is the best of all of the apps that I've ever used on iOS for playing jingles. The only problem is is that it's not immediately intuitive on how do you get those jingles from Dropbox into the little buttons on the screen. But once you know how to do it, it's very easy and it's quite a breeze to do. And so I knew that I needed to create a tutorial and last week I promised you guys that if you were on my mailing list by Monday, I would email you at 5 p.m. Eastern time and every one of you who signed up, you were the first to be notified as soon as that tutorial was made publicly available. And I'm glad to say that that tutorial is now available for anybody who's hearing my voice. If you want, go to podcastanswerman.com slash iJingle. Again, go to podcastanswerman.com slash iJingle and that free tutorial is right there and available to you. Alrighty, the next thing I want to share with you is that I'm getting very excited about New Media Europe coming up. So many of you reached out to me and told me that you're going to be there. I am 
floored and blown away by the number of people who are traveling from many countries away. Uh, you've told me that you're coming there just to, to get a chance to meet with me and talk with me. And, and it, it's humbling and, and I'm honored and I'm looking forward to seeing each and every single one of you. You know, a lot of people have been reaching out to me and say, Cliff, can I take you out to lunch? Can I schedule a 20 minutes and buy you some coffee, buy you a drink and all this other stuff? And just let me just say for the record here for everyone, when I go to these conferences, I just make it a point that I'm not going to schedule meetings with anyone. It's easier for me just to not have to follow a schedule. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I promised so-and-so I'd be here and I need to leave you right now to go talk to somebody else. It's just not a lot of fun to try to manage and, and stick to a schedule when I'm at an event like this. But here's what I will tell you. I am going to be at New Media Europe during the full two days of the conference, from the time the conference starts until it's over, I'll be at all the parties that they have available. And in fact, if you're on my mailing list, you'll probably get an invitation to a meetup that I'll host one of the evenings there in Manchester in the UK. This, By the way, this conference is on September 12th and 13th. And if you haven't already signed up, I do have an affiliate link. You can go to podcastanswerman.com slash Europe. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash Europe. If you use my promo code PAM for Podcast Answer Man, use promo code PAM, you'll save 100 pounds off the cost of the event. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you guys there. I am already in preparation of my keynote talk. It is well underway, and I'm looking forward to really helping people understand how they can take all their online efforts and do what I talk about most which is to create content that really does have the power to change people's lives. I hope to see some of you there. And also coming up is uh, my next session of Podcasting A to Z. I happen to be in the third week of my 21st session of Podcasting A to Z, and I do already have people signing up for my next session, which begins on Monday, October 26th. And to give myself a little bit of a break from talking for a moment, I do have a one minute and 14 second audio testimonial from Chris Hawkins, who is an alumni of my class, and he's gonna tell you his thoughts about Podcasting A to Z. Hello there, Podcast Answer Man fans. Chris Hawkins here, host of the newly launched Thriving Financially with Dr. Thrift podcast. Have you ever taken a course where you felt you didn't get your money's worth? I can promise you that won't be the case with Cliff Ravenscraft's Podcasting A to Z course. I took it and I got more out of it than what I paid. Cliff definitely believes in over-delivering. During the four-week course, Cliff will guide you through every step necessary to purchase, set up, record, edit, and publish your podcast. If Cliff doesn't answer a question you have, it's because you didn't ask it. During my session, Cliff answered hundreds if not thousands of questions from fellow soon-to-be podcasters. No question was too difficult for Cliff to answer. That's why he is the Podcast Answer Man. Take it from me, If you want to learn how to launch a podcast, the only place to go is Cliff Ravenscraft's Podcasting A to Z course. Sign up now at podcastingatoz.com. All right, Chris, thank you so much for that, and congratulations on the launch of the show. So excited for you, my friend, and I'm very honored by that testimony on all the kind and very generous words that you shared about how I run the course, and I'm just incredibly honored. Thank you so much. Guys, if you want to sign up, again, the next session starts on Monday, October 26th, 
head over to podcastinga2z.com. If you have any questions about the course after reading that page, feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, and uh, I would love to work with you. Guys, until next time, thank you for tuning in, and I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast Answer Man.